I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Why is it some spirits continue to do their jobs even after they've passed on? Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and this week we're looking at ghostly sentinels. Sentinels are defined as a person or thing that watches or stands as if watching. These could be soldiers or guards that continue their duties long after they've left the mortal realm. Of course, in a previous episode of Haunted Castles and Palaces, we mentioned the spectral army of Treasurer's House in Yorkshire, where spectral Roman soldiers still march through the cellars, protecting the house even in spirit. Similarly to this in Dunster Castle, Somerset soldiers continue to roam the halls of the ancient Norman fortress. Experiences range from peculiar sensations, inexplicable events and sightings of ghostly figures to other sinister sensations that sometimes only dogs seem to pick up on. In the shop here, there have been reports of a mysterious green light that bobs across the shop before disappearing and a green man. In the 17th century, this was a stable block and staff members in the shop say that they have seen a man in green walking through only to disappear without a trace. Another experience in in an area of Dunster Castle was had by a cleaner who said she was confronted by the apparition of a man in an old-fashioned military uniform. This area of the castle was later found to have been a dormitory for troops during the Civil War. The life of a soldier during the Civil War wasn't easy. Not only did they face getting killed in battle, but their daily lives were also full of hardships, long days, hunger, poor clothing and uncleanly and sanitary conditions. Their day was structured. Could it be that they're still following this structure in death? In addition, in 1951, a group of tourists visited the castle, perched on top of a hill, heard a large number of marching people approach their location, though nothing could actually be seen. The noise grew so loud that they all ran from the location, but there was nothing there. Stone tape theory or sentinel? What do you think? Another example of this is in the city of Lincoln, Lincolnshire. Here at the castle, one of the most common sightings is a lone rider approaching the castle on his horse. Dating back to the time of the first hangings in Lincoln, it is believed that the ghost was the friend of a local lord who was wrongfully sentenced to death. 
The rider was sent with a pardon from the king to save his friend, but failed to reach the court in time. Can you imagine how guilty he felt? His ghost continues to charge the castle today, trying to finish the journey he could never complete and protect his friend. Now, of course, I don't know if ever me and Carl have ever talked about um, our ghostly sentinel here in our house. I know we've mentioned the children many times, but when we first moved in, I remember Carl telling me, he came running to me saying, oh, I've just seen a, I've just seen a man. I thought he was a, a, a man in fancy dress, like a, a like a cavalier's outfit with a with a feather in his hat. And he was sat watching the television and this man apparently just walked past the window. Well, of course, Carl leapt up thinking that there was some, like he said, a guy in fancy dress that had, you know, decided that he was going to have a prank on our house. Well, anyway, Carl went out with his torch, ran around, not a sighting. Then we discovered through doing a Ouija board session and we were getting lots of tapping and knocking that a gentleman came through Now, let me get this right. What was his name? I'm sure it was Richard Deacon. And Richard Deacon gave us the date when he was here. And it coincided with when the Civil War was happening. And he said that he was the gentleman that was shot against the wall of our house. And when they were um, uh, redesigning the house, the people that we bought the house off, they did a lot of, um, you know, knocking walls down and so on. They actually found old musket balls embedded in the in the side of the building so this ghost was coming through this spirit and actually confirming that he was the the cavalier that had been shot by the roundheads on the end of our house but he was saying this mr richard deacon that he was still here walking around the house and inside the house he was protecting it and protecting us so we have our own ghostly sentinel here Mr. Richard Deacon. Uh, I'd love to know more about him. Unfortunately, I haven't had time to to check him out. Uh, But wouldn't that be wonderful if we found records of him? So as you know, there are many different types of hauntings and ghosts. But what are these sentinels? Why are they still protecting their space? Now, I've experienced such spirits for myself, and in all the cases, I've been so gobsmacked at their responses to some of my questions. When we investigated RAF Raynham for a live Most Haunted special, I and the rest of my team and the production team, and there was a big production team because it was a live show, we were all astounded at the results we managed to record whilst we were there in this old RAF building. The first odd thing that occurred, and I know I've mentioned this before, so please forgive me, is the bombardment of empty World War II shells. These were pelted at me and my team throughout our time there. And although we were scared at the shock of suddenly feeling something hard and cold hitting you, finding the shell casings rolling across the floor was absolutely fantastic. Sorry, I still get excited when I think about it now. Then came the strange beeping noises. As I was walking slowly down a corridor with my team, we were all suddenly made aware of an electrical beeping sound. Three short beeps followed by a long one. I remember saying, that sounds like Morse code to me. But where's it coming from, asked Carl. There, said the sound man, pointing to an old speaker on the wall. Carl and another member of the team hoisted themselves up the wall 
and had a look at the speaker and showed that the electrical wires that once would have been attached to the speaker had been cut. So how was it possible for the Morse code sounds to come out of the speaker? Bear with me, this is all going to make sense in a sec. I then decided that it was time to find out who was firing shells at us and sounding out Morse code signals. I set up the Ouija board table, which was huge back in those days. That table is in our garage and looks very worse for wear now. It's been all over the country with us, been bashed about and even pushed off the side of a cliff. But that's a story for another episode. I began to call out to the spirits that were obviously with us and ask them to give us a name or to tell us how many there were of them. Instantly, the table began to thump and knocking could be heard all around us. The spirits were counting out how many there were and we couldn't keep up, there were just so many. I then asked, did they know what year it was? And I think they moved the glass to the year 1940. I said, no, it's 2010. The glass abruptly and very quickly slid to no. This argument, I'm not kidding, went on for quite some time and they were absolutely adamant. They did not believe that it was 2010. It was definitely 1940. And then some very strange knocking and tapping began to occur, none that made any sense to us. Now, it just so happened that a viewer called into the show as we were transmitting live to say that the knocking was a certain type of Morse code and that we must talk back using the same method. And so we quickly drew a dot and a dash on the Ouija board and watched the glass move so quickly between the two. The messages spelled out in Morse code that we were in danger and that we had to take cover. This message was the same as the real Morse code we'd heard coming out of the speaker. I then asked the spirits, were they happy? Yes, they replied, and were very happy keeping our country safe from the Germans. I told them, we'd won the war, it's over. And they kept saying, no, no, no. They didn't believe me. They were adamant that the year was 1940 and the, and the war was still happening. Before we went off air, I asked them if they would like to hear a piece of music. They spelt out White Cliffs of Dover. Well, our production team were on it and quickly set up a speaker and we played the song out loud in the room where we were. The glass then began to dance and flow all around the table in time to the music. I have to say, I was suddenly overcome with emotion and I started to cry. It was an unbelievable moment and I was so blessed to have talked to so many ghosts that still believed that it was wartime and that they were happy, so happy, doing their job, defending us all. So what's going on here? Is this time travel perhaps? Do people who love what they did back in the day go back to that time in an alternative plane? It's definitely not just spirits of dead people reenacting their lives. I think it's something more. What do you think? Do you agree? Those RAF personnel that we spoke to are still there, protecting the building and still protecting us. Another wonderful opportunity I and my team had was when we got the chance to investigate a lighthouse. Now, we've done a few in our time, but this one I'm about to tell you about sticks in my mind as I believe the ghost of the old lightkeeper is still guarding his beloved lookout. 
South Stack Lighthouse is one of the best locations I've ever had the pleasure of investigating. It was a wonderful, frightening and thrilling, exhilarating experience. It felt like I was in a horror movie, cut off from the rest of the world. No one to hear a scream if anything went wrong. Can you hear how excited I am? It's ridiculous, isn't it? And yet I can't watch horror movies. We had heard of the frightening hauntings that had taken place over the years. And after hearing some of these accounts, I was sure that the ones responsible for the spooky goings on were mainly down to two ghosts, a father and a son. The son, Jack Jones, died on one of the most terrible storms Anglesey had ever witnessed. On the night of 1859, severe gales and storms ripped across the seas, taking down 200 vessels and 800 lives. Assistant lighthouse keeper Jack Jones was walking over the bridge that night through the gales to get back to the lighthouse. Unfortunately, a massive boulder came crashing down from the cliff and hit Jack on the head. With blood spewing everywhere, Jack crawled back towards the lighthouse but sadly he never made it. Three weeks later, Jack died in hospital of head injuries. Years later, in 1828, Jack's father, John Jones, died inside the lighthouse, but how he died or why, no one knows. So were Jack and John still haunting the lighthouse, keeping it safe from intruders? I was sure they were, and so I took my most haunted team off to a lighthouse that's only reachable by a long, precarious walk. This place was to be our home for the night, but I remember thinking, I don't think there'll be much sleep on this night, and I was right, there wasn't. Carl and Jeff Adams, a fellow investigator, were brave as I suggested that before the rest of the team arrived, they went on ahead and spent a few hours to see just how haunted it was. Carl asked out in the main lighthouse if there was anyone with them and straight away something heavy, a piece of masonry was thrown at the two unsuspecting men. Carl asked, how many of you are with us? And two enormous bangs echoed around the lighthouse. Then another stone came flying, hitting Jeff. They didn't hang around anymore as they felt terribly vulnerable and completely alone. They needed backup, and so they came back to the hotel, telling the rest of the team what had happened to them. The next day, we all walked along a long, winding path, up steps, down steps, across a long bridge, and then eventually we all had arrived at the impressive South Stack Lighthouse. After the initial filming was complete, my pieces to camera and lots of general views and atmospheric shots, we waited nervously for the light to fade. And when it was dark, we began. I wanted us all to split up, and so I sent smaller groups to the cottages on the lighthouse's land. This is where families would have lived when they worked at the lighthouse. I was with two other investigators, and my God, did I get a shock when I looked out of the window and saw an old man staring back at me. Well, I screamed, and upon hearing the noise, Carl joined us and then rushed out of the cottage to find the old man. Where had he gone? He described seeing the back of this old man running away from him. Now, remember, it was a stormy night, gale force winds, rain beating down. It was very difficult to see, but Carl followed him, but then discovered he was close to the edge of the cliff and the old man was nowhere to be seen. 
Was the face in the window the face of John Jones, the lighthouse keeper that had died mysteriously inside the lighthouse back in 1828? I believe it was. I decided to take the whole team back into the main lighthouse building and split everyone up on the enormous spiral staircase. I was at the bottom. Some investigators sat down in the middle of the winding metal staircase and Carl and Stuart were right at the top. So this staircase, imagine it, is sort of like the backbone, really, of the, of the very tall lighthouse. And it's, it's an enormous staircase. Uh, very echoey um, and as, as I said the wind is howling around it was very very atmospheric and really frightening suddenly and quite inexplicably we managed to capture on our sound equipment footsteps they clearly can be heard walking from the top of the stairs they passed Carl and Stuart and they wound down you hear them clip clopping, clip-clopping, passing the investigators in the middle and all the way down to the bottom, coming to a stop right in front of me. They were so clear and precise. You hear the heel toe on the steps and they even had an echo. I was so impressed the fact that we'd managed to capture the sounds of these footsteps. It was absolutely fantastic and when you listen back to it, it's it's, it is. It's absolutely astounding and wonderful phenomena that we managed to capture. I began to call out. I wanted to know who was with us. Was it Jack Jones, the assistant lighthouse keeper? If you're here with us, Jack, give us another sign. Well, he certainly gave us another sign, all right. One after the other, it seemed to rain stones. In fact, never mind, it seemed, it did. Each stone hit and pelted a member of the team, followed by the bewildering and haunting sounds of a man groaning. Twice we caught this marvellous phenomena. Then a horrible sound, right after another stone projectile hit a team member. It was a laugh, a man's deep, guttural laugh. I heard it loud and clear, although some of my teammates didn't. I was so excited when I watched the footage back, as there it was, the laugh. It was a night that exhausted us all, and a night I will never forget. So even though we never did get full confirmation that the two lighthouse keepers were guarding their beloved lighthouse, I really believe that they were, and still are, and certainly they didn't want us there poking about. They loved their job and took it very seriously. Other people's lives depended upon them and their service. And still to this day, Jack and John Jones are watching out on stormy nights to warn ships of any dangers, still protecting the sailors and watching out for any storms coming their way. And God help anyone who gets in their way. The ultimate podcast for Married at First Sight fans is here. This is Recapped at First Sight. The new podcast keeping you up to date on all the love, fallouts, drama and secrets as the Married at First Sight UK bride and grooms try to make happy couples. And we're your happy couple right here, in a professional sense, of course. Join me, Kat Shube. And me, former Maths UK groom Bob Voisey, every morning after you've watched the latest episode on TV. Plus, we'll have some special guests along the way enjoying our very own wedding breakfast. You bit the caterers, right? Uh, about that. Recapped at first sight. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. got in touch this week on email to share her experiences whilst on holiday in Edinburgh at the old Krabby's factory. Hi Yvette, I'm loving your podcast and I've been meaning to send in my own spooky encounter since episode one. Finally, I've got around to it. It took place whilst I was on holiday in Edinburgh with my parents and younger brother. We love Edinburgh and go there almost every year. We're fairly used to the spooky stories of the city, having gone down into the vaults a couple of times. But this story doesn't involve the vaults at all, though I have had experiences in Nidri Street vaults. This happened in the apartment we were staying in 2015, which was once an old Krabby's ginger beer factory. It was a small place... My brother slept on a sofa bed in the living room and I had a bedroom right near the front door of the apartment. I hated that room. I wouldn't go in it on my own. I refused to sleep in it, dress in it. I just wouldn't set foot in it. When I did go in, I felt like someone was watching me. It was ominous. It felt like something dark was in there. Anyway, I never spent more than five minutes in there deciding to sleep in the living room with my brother. The only time I went in was to put down a pair of earrings I decided not to wear out to dinner one evening, just as we were flying out the door. When I got back, they were gone. I couldn't find them anywhere. My mum said maybe they'd been put away or I'd put them somewhere else and forgot. Well, I was adamant I hadn't, but took her word for it rather than going back in the room. We went home a few days later and though I think about the room often, nothing else of any significance happened while we were there. We got home to Coventry, unpacked everything, but couldn't find our DVD book. It was a big green book, hardback and A4. Honestly, you couldn't miss it, with sleeves for all our DVDs and games. And we were gutted that we left it behind because we had a lot of our favourite movies in. My mum contacted the owners and asked them to look out for it. 
she said it had been left in the pull-out drawer under where the DVD player was for obvious reasons. But when the owners looked, they couldn't find it. It was nowhere to be found. So a couple of weeks passed and the owners got back in touch. They'd found the green DVD book down the back of the fridge in the kitchen. Impossible! How could it have got there? But not only that, when they picked it up, my missing pair of earrings fell out from under the front cover. Bizarre, huh? Love the show. Can't wait to hear more episodes. Warm wishes, Ellie. Thank you, Ellie, for sharing your spooky encounter. Isn't it funny when you go into a house or a room and you just know something's not right? I bet you were picking up on a presence in that room, Ellie. It sounds like whatever or whoever was in that room with you didn't mean any harm or trouble. I think they may have been protecting their space. And so by taking your things and hiding them, that was their way of clearing their area. I've often heard of ghosts like that to tidy things away, move things, or where objects go missing. Normally, if you ask nicely for the items to be returned, nine times out of ten, they always come back. We also have a clip from Lawrence who got in touch uh, on email with something that happened in his bedroom as a child. I can remember one event from when I was uh, younger. I think it was about four or five. Um, and I can remember laying in bed one night and I was, I was just dozing off to sleep. Um, and I can remember feeling like a weight. It was like someone sat on the foot of my bed. And... I could feel them. It's like there's almost part, like sort of partially sat on my feet. I was only young, so I didn't really know what it was. And I went, and I was obviously really tired. And I went, get off. And with that, the weight lifted up. And it's only when I sort of woke up fully that I thought, well, there wasn't anything in my room. My parents wasn't in there. And we don't have a cat or dog or anything at that point in time. So it couldn't be in that either. And also the door was shut. So I still don't know today what that was, but. And it has actually happened since to but mainly all the family, you know, my mum, my dad, my sister, and they've all experienced the same thing too. Um, so I'm yet to find out what sort of thing that is. Now, this is very common and sounds to me like you do have a presence in your house. The fact that when you told it to get off, it did, makes me think, Lawrence, this is a spirit that means no harm. Plus, if it was negative, the activity would have escalated in a short amount of time. Remember, Lawrence, talk to it politely, telling it it's very welcome, but not to scare you or your family members. Be firm, but respectful, and the spirit should leave you alone. If it does happen again, or paranormal activity seems to get heightened, which it shouldn't, please get back in touch. Get in touch yourselves with any paranormal stories you've had, and if you have ever visited a haunted hotel and have had an experience, let us know. Check out Carly's story in this week's Monday Mail Time to hear her experiences with a ghostly midwife who took care of her during her first pregnancy. Ooh, that sounds good. Now, let's take a moment for ourselves and put the focus on breathing with our lovely friend, Paul Wales. Today, we're focusing... <sighs> on Tommy breathing. Do you know over half the world do not use the full power of their breath? Only breathing into the chest cavity and not using their diaphragm, their tummy. When you just breathe into the chest, you can create tension and stress in this area. Put additional pressure into the lungs, the heart, the shoulders, etc. 
and simply creating a very inefficient breath. Diaphragmatic breathing allows you to have a longer and more relaxed breath, freeing the heart and lungs from any tension, and so giving you the natural power of your breath. The movement of the diaphragm also massages all the internal organs, keeping them healthy and ridden any waste that may accumulate around them. But breathing from the abdomen is not natural for many in the West, and they get stuck in that chest for their breath. So let's initiate the power of your breath. So push your tummy out as far as it will go, and then sharply exhale through the nose as if you're blowing your nose. Feel the tummy come in and the exhale, but don't worry about the in-breath. As you relax, the air will naturally come back in. So, just follow me. So allow your tummy to expand and go out, and then breathe sharply out through your nose and allow the tummy to come in. And push the tummy out, and then out through the nose, Allow your tummy to go out and out through the nose. Allow the tummy to go out and out through the nose. And then do this for about 30 seconds. After a while, after a couple of days, you may want to increase the speed. You may want to just go from to, to even as fast as you can. Always as you finish, just transition back into your normal breath and feel your tummy naturally wanting to move in and out with every breath. You've now found a power of your breath. So find five minutes each day to practice this and you will soon build the natural power of your breath that is rightfully yours. So just remember, Paul says, just breathe. Thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and a huge thanks to all our lovely listeners for sharing their visitation stories with us. You can get in touch and share your own stories at this address, contact at paranormalpod.co.uk or on WhatsApp at 075-999-27537 and our handle on Instagram is at paranormal activity pod stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and we'll be back again same time next week but if you can't wait until then visit www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early have a great week always stay safe and remember things aren't always as they seem Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.